GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by my own personal... I can't remember what Jaman Hanzu's character's name is, but that's who you'd be. I think of you as my own personal Jaman Hanzu. Um, uh, okay, cool. Uh, his name is Juba, J-U-B-A. He lives. Um, he lives, right? It's, it's I didn't, true. He I does didn't, live. I didn't name you a character that dies this time. It's true. So where, 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 where'd it go? Did you did you say that I was Hovercraft Joe, or did you just say, did you even really introduce me? No, I didn't. I didn't, but I didn't bother. Okay. I figured well, you can handle right. it yourself. All right. Well, anyways, yeah, Hovercraft Joe here. Uh, so <laughs> we're we're on to week two of uh, Summer Blockbuster Month. Now, this one, I would say, was a tad bit of a point of contention between you and I as to whether it counted as a Summer Blockbuster. That's fair. Um, uh, so we kind of went back and forth. Uh, we had a few other ideas, um, but we decided to stick with this one because... I mean, I guess technically it is. I mean, it was a huge movie. Yeah. It came out in the summer. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of the big summer blockbusters we have already done. So we are doing uh, 2000's Gladiator uh, tonight, today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, Gladiator. Uh, this movie's released on May 5th, 2000. Uh, what's your uh, kind of history or background with this movie, uh, LBJ? My history is uh, I used to work in a video store, and it was around this time. Right, I worked there from like, I don't know, 99 to a little, little 2001-ish. And um, I remember constantly seeing trailers for The Insider with Russell Crowe. Yeah. We, and I used to I used to do my impersonation of it. I'm not going to do it now because I can't really remember exactly what it is. But <laughs> I used to do my impersonations of the insider, uh, and so I remember liking Russell Crowe and not having really seen him in a lot of other things, and then seeing previews for Gladiator with Russell Crowe and thinking to myself, "Well, this movie looks awesome. Like it, like it, the, the the marketing campaign was fantastic. It had been a long time since there'd been, since there'd been any kind of movie." Like this, uh, you know, you know, sword and sandal movies they call them, and mm-hmm. um, I was super pumped for it because you know the talk was this movie is going to be great. It's got Ridley Scott. It's got this this upcoming star Russell Crowe who just came off of an Oscar nominated performance in uh, The Insider, and uh, it, that's a whole other thing we'll talk about too about that movie, his performance in that movie, in this movie. Um, so I was pumped for this, and so we went and saw this opening day. Uh, and I loved it and bought the DVD as soon as it came out. It was actually one of the first DVDs I bought. Um, and, uh, it was actually the first DVD I, okay. So I worked at Best Buy after the video store. And so I would get things on discount and I bought Listen, myself. Why are, you, why are you going through your whole resume on this episode? Well, I bought my, I want to tell it because I bought myself 
a surround sound system to put in my, you know, 10 foot by 8 foot room. <laughs> so I had a whole surround sound system set up in there. You were big on like weird sound systems. You had that subwoofer in your car. I too. do. I had, yeah, I was. <laughs> I still am. I don't have the subwoofer in my car anymore, but I still have a, a nice sound system in my basement. Um, but th- I was pumped because this DVD was the first DVD, one of the first DVDs to be released in DTS 6.1 surround sound. And I popped it into my DVD player in my room and just rattled the windows. It was fantastic. But that I <laughs> loved this movie. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, like you said, I... I I remember the 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 build up to this. It's funny that you talk about the insider because I mean I know you were this way, but there was like that period of time when I just bought like so many movies and I own the insider on DVD and I feel like I've maybe seen it twice, but I definitely own it for some reason or another. Yeah. And it's a good movie, but I don't know that I've actually ever actually seen it. Oh well, <laughs> I've seen I, the trailers. I own it. Um, so, anyways. Uh, but yeah, I remember seeing this, uh, and, and it's funny too because I remember the DVD, and I have the DVD. Uh, but I remember it, it came out in like so. The movie came out in May. This is like when it took forever for movies to come out of DVD. So it was like fall. It was like October, November when it came out of DVD. Yeah. Because uh, I was back up at school, and I remember I bought it, which is like you know. I was up at school and I was poor, so I probably shouldn't have been spending money, but I bought it. And it was one of those weird things where it was a movie, even though this is like a two and a half hour movie, we used to watch it all the time in my dorm room. I mean, we must, you know, like at least once a month or every three weeks, we'd throw on, we'd be like, hey, want to watch Gladiator again? We'd be like, yeah, let's watch it. So I, I've seen this movie a ton. Uh, But honestly, I hadn't sat down and I feel like I say this a lot, but I hadn't sat down and watched it like in a while like it had been a long time at least a decade i feel like since i had sat down and watched this movie so um and i was happy that i didn't have to dig up my dvd because it was streaming on paramount plus (laughs) yep yes it was uh no i was glad too because uh like i I was glad this came up because it's a movie that i kept wanting to revisit because it's the same thing i watched it a ton like i almost wore that dvd out not that you can really wear the dvd out but you get my point and uh, and then I hadn't watched it for probably 15 years. You know, it's been a while. Um, so I was kind of kind of really looking forward to revisiting this. And this was sort of a last minute ad, this movie. Like we were going to do a different movie initially. And that, we were going to do a different movie initially. And then I thought I had convinced you to do another movie that we had been talking about to, for doing a long time. And then you decided on this one, like. Yeah. throughout the course of one I can't I can't so. even remember what that other movie was now not was the one Patriot. we were originally- it was the Patriot oh that's right that's right that's right we'll we still will do we still will do the Patriot we've been talking about that one for a couple of years yeah so. we'll definitely still do that one uh but yeah so we decided on this one and the reason why I picked this one is because I think this one was bigger you know and that's kind of what the point of this month is like big huge um um summer blockbuster movies and this one they thought it was going to be big but it ended up being bigger than they expected like it it far exceeded their expectations both in financially and in the accolades it received later on which we'll talk about yeah 100 percent um okay so uh the budget of this movie is 103 million dollars which makes sense it's a big movie um there's a lot going on in it so actually that seems kind of low to me to be honest with you yeah especially for the amount of like they did a there was a lot of 
complex CGI work that they did for this. And um, first of all, it, it looks great. Like it, it holds up really, really well. Yeah. But it looks like, you know, what a, what a 150 to $200 million movie now would look like. Like Mm -hmm. it, it, they really got every ounce of their money out of this budget. Agreed. Uh, So it has a domestic gross of 187 million and a worldwide of 465 million dollars. So makes a lot of money. Uh, This is a little surprising to me. It's Rotten Tomatoes is only 78 percent, which is high. But I kind of thought it'd be a little bit higher, to be honest with you. Uh, And then the audience score is 87 percent. So. Well, that was kind of the weird thing uh, as far as the Rotten Tomatoes score goes. I remember the critics being not split on it, but the ones that liked it really liked it, and the ones that didn't like it really didn't like it. Like uh, right. like Ebert absolutely did not like this movie. He yeah. said he he thought it looked terrible. He didn't particularly like the acting in it. Um, he didn't think it was written very well. Like it, it, He just did not like the movie. So it was one of those weird things where you either – Loved it or hated it. And, you know, fortunately, a lot more people loved it than hated it. Right. Uh, okay. So top grossing movies of 2000. Uh, number one is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Number two is Castaway. And number three is Mission Impossible 2. Now, this movie actually comes in fourth in the domestic box office. And then kind of a sparse year for us. The only other movies we've done in 2000 are number eight, The Original X-Men, and number 91, Reindeer Games. We actually, <laughs> which is funny because we actually recorded those on the same night. That was the famous time where if you go back and listen to those episodes, you were very sick and your voice was dying. And by the That's time we right. did the X-Men, you sounded like Tone Loke. That's uh, right. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. I was yeah. super sick. Mm-hmm. That, um, we were still in the studio then too, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. I mean, a couple of years ago. But yeah, you, you were you were sounding rough. Go back and listen to the X Men episode, and you will hear what we're talking about. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So, cast of this movie, uh, I will do our normal. I'll tell you who I know, and then you can go ahead and take over. Uh, Russell Crowe as Maximus, Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus, uh, Kami, Kami, Connie, Connie, Connie Nielsen as Lucille. Nope. Lucilla. Lucilla. Thank you. Uh, Richard Harris, who I know is Marcus Aurelius. And then uh, the aforementioned Jaman Hansu. Jaman Hansu is Juba. Juba. Uh, I feel like, do they ever say his name in the movie? Yeah, I think once they do. Oh, and then the only other person I ever mentioned was Sven Oli Thorson, isn't it? Yeah. It's Tigers. Who do you want to talk about? Uh, I really the only other one that for, first of all I, I will say this I forgot Richard Harris was Marcus Aurelius yeah like, I completely forgot that and and as soon as he started talking I'm like oh Dumbledore ooh that's weird <laughs> I completely forgot um, Cicero was he, the, was, was he the first Dumbledore or the yes. dead Dumbledore he's the first Dumbledore who died okay okay yeah he actually so he's died. dead yeah he's Richard dead. Harris died yeah. Okay. Um, Tommy Flanagan plays Cicero. Tommy Flanagan, he, he's at the scar in his face. Uh, he's a character actor. He shows up in a lot of different things. Um, I can't even, for the life of me, think of anything that he's been in. Um, but his, he's he's always showing up as uh, like a high-end extra or high-end, um, what, what would you call him? Char- high-end character actor. 
says he was in Braveheart yep. in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Um, I mean, he's in a bunch of like Smoke and Aces, Alien vs Predator, Braveheart, Face Off. Uh, you know, he's been in a bunch of different things. He shows up on TV a lot too. He's just sort of a character actor that kind of appears all over the place. Okay. Yep. What about what's his uh, what's his nuts? The guy that like died while they were filming. That's the thing. Like, yeah, that was um, Oliver Reed. I don't really know Oliver Reed from anything. Um, okay. From what I was reading, uh, it sounds like he's a real dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sounds like he didn't get along with anybody, and uh, nobody really wanted to work with him. <laughs> and he played uh, Proximo in the movie. Yeah, he right? was Proximo. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Did you read? Uh, I don't know, but did you read about his uh, his death? Like, no, I didn't. How, okay. So this is. Uh, I was actually talking about this uh, earlier in the week with uh, the tush. guest. Uh, no, not with the tush. I was actually talking about it with corn dog. Uh, so this is from the Wikipedia. Okay, ready? Yeah. Uh, Reed died from a heart attack during a break. Uh, from filming Gladiator in Malta on the afternoon of May 2nd, 1999. According to witnesses, he drank eight pints of German lager, a dozen shots of rum, half a bottle of whiskey, and a few shots of Hennessy in a drinking match against a group of sailors on shore leave at a local pub. His bar bill totaled over 207 Maltese lira, uh, so like $590, uh, after beating five much younger Royal Navy sailors at arm wrestling, Reed suddenly collapsed, dying while en route to the hospital in the ambulance. He was 61 years old. <laughs> <laughs> that is way better than I thought. <laughs> well, not only did he drink that much, but then he died while getting in an arm, getting an arm wrestling contest with uh, like sailors. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so people hated him and didn't want to work, though. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess, like, I, I think I saw they said that, like, he died and, like, Ridley Scott did, it was, like, it was such kind of a grueling shoot that he's, like, I'm not recasting and reshooting all this stuff. So they just uh-huh. kind of, like, I feel like they maybe changed his story a little bit. Yeah, and they then, the uh, And they filmed, like, with, like, CGI and, like, a body double. They kind of, like, ended up, were able to, to film it, so. Yep, yep. Yeah, actually, his body double was one of the like extras in the masks for the um the gladiators uh okay. they used one of them and just like put him in a fat suit or something and then cuz the original ending was like maximus is going to have to fight him in the arena right like yeah. before he fought the emperor right 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 yep he was at the yeah before he fought Joaquin Phoenix at the end he was going to have to fight Proximo because the story was you know Proximo was another gladiator who uh, right was 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 great and and was freed um but yeah he was gonna have to fight proximo and then uh fight the emperor and actually it, one of the stories was proximo was the one who was going to bury the little figures at the end in the uh okay. in the dirt but they gave that to uh Juman hansu instead gotcha okay uh you ready to do some uh net worth yeah let's let's, let's do then those net worths there all right, let's start with your boy, Jamon Hansu. He's got that sweet, sweet, never back down money. What do you think for J- Jamon Hansu? He's got that biker boy's money, that sweet, sweet <laughs> biker boy's money. Uh, I'm going to go $15 million. 
12 million dollars pretty close all right pretty close all right next up connie nielsen she's got that sweet sweet wonder woman money oh you bastard that's literally the only other thing i know her from um she's got let's see seven million eight million man you are uh you are close uh next up uh joaquin phoenix he's got that sweet sweet uh joker money he's got that sweet sweet her money (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think he is yeah yeah. and then what's the other what's another one where he falls in love with the uh the 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 giant uh, life size doll. That is not him, my friend. That is Ryan Gosling. Oh, it's Ryan movie. Gosling. Oh, I'm sorry. And that's something. Uh, it's called Lars and the Real Girl. Lars and the Real Girl. That's it. Doesn't matter. He's in her. I got that one right. Walking Wa- uh, Phoenix. I'm going sixty million. Fifty million. Damn. Shit, you are you are like so close on all these today. <laughs> I'm in the ballpark. And then, and then finally, Russell Crowe, uh, he's got that sweet, sweet Thor, Love and Thunder money, which I saw last night. What do you think for Russell Crowe? He's got that sweet, sweet, his band 60-odd foot of grunts money. I like that poll. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go 120. $120 million. Yes. Wow. Ah. This may be your, other than the time that you got like four or five people on the nose, this is probably one of your best rounds because you got good. one on the nose and the other ones were all Relatively drastically close. in the, yeah, they were all in the ballpark. So, um, okay. I feel good about that. Uh, I feel good about yeah. that. So this movie is directed by Ridley Scott. Have we mentioned that, that it was directed by Ridley Scott? I mentioned it was briefly, directed by- yep. All right. It was directed by Ridley Scott. It's written by David Franzoni, John Logan, and William Nicholson. And then <laughs> the music. We got to talk about the music a little bit. Yeah, we do. Um, I did see something where it, this is one of like the highest selling like soundtracks of it's. It's uh, one of the best selling movie soundtracks of all time. Yeah. Yep. Which the, the music's really good. Net. It is really good. Um, it, it, but it's by uh, who did we talk? It's by Klaus. No, this is, by, this is by Hans Zimmer. No, you're wrong. No, the other to... the other one, Pirates, is by Klaus. Oh, that's right. GC, yeah. I'm getting them all confused. Right. All right, so let's let's back this up. We've said this. Okay. I've said this a million times on this podcast. Hans Zimmer mostly writes his own music. Sometimes <laughs> he has a large group of composers who work with him, who he kind of subcontracts out his work and then takes the credit. Um, in this case, he wrote the music, supposedly, right? Uh, and then later on, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl comes out just two years later. And it has strikingly, if not identical music in it, written by, <laughs> written by a different gentleman uh, by the name of um, Klaus, uh, where'd it go? Klaus Badelt. Klaus Badelt. Yeah. And it turns out Klaus was one of the guys working under Hans Zimmer. (laughs) So what it seems like is he was maybe, I don't know, having trouble writing the music, had to get it out for, for, for Pirates of the Caribbean. And Hans Zimmer just said, here, why don't you just take this and use that? And he just took the music from Gladiator, changed it up a bit, and threw it into uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. 
It's true. Yeah. So we're going to play a little bit here. So first I'm going to play Gladiator. The, the, it's 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 part, one of the soundtrack, one of the songs from Gladiator. Um, and then I'll play the Pirates of the Caribbean, and you'll hear some eerie similarities. So here first is from Gladiator. So there's Gladiator. Next, here is Pirates of the Caribbean. So essentially, it's just like the parts of the Caribbean music is the Gladiator music, just doubled in tempo. That's essentially all it is. It's really the same music. Well, it's funny too because it's not that. I mean, not that long ago in, in podcast terms that we covered Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And then, like, while I'm watching this movie and the music, I'm like, God dang it! I'm like, is that the? I'm like, it was. It it's so similar that it was like driving me crazy while I was watching the movie because I'm like, this is the Pirates of the Caribbean music. Well, and we and I talked about that too. I was like, during Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm like, this move, the sound, the sound, the song appears in a bunch of different things. What I was thinking is, no, it's the Gladiator music that actually appears in a million different things. This is just a rip off of that. <laughs> so so wild. Um, okay, I have some taglines if you're ready for those. Uh, is one of them, are you not entertained? Uh, one of them is not. So, (laughs) ha ha! Uh, there's six of them. The first one is, and I remember this, this is in all the trailers. It's, you know, kind of one of the iconic lines from the movie. It's, father of a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I shall have my vengeance in this life or the next. That's Um, a good one. That's a good tagline. I remember this tagline, I feel like, too, because it says, what we do in life echoes in eternity. I feel like I remember that one. Again, Uh, another great tagline. uh, Third tagline, a hero will rise. Eh. Eh. Uh, The next one is the gladiator who defied an empire. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Then the next one is just summer 2000 AD. Eh, Okay. And then this (laughs) this last one is just kind of extended. It says, the general who became a slave the slave who became a gladiator, the gladiator who defied an empire, which I think is a better version of like that other one, which is kind of the, you know, just no, a little bit of show. But they're all good. That's the thing. Like they're, they're all, they're all decent as opposed yeah. to most of the movies we do where maybe one of them is halfway. Okay. That fair enough. Uh, did you want to talk about the, before we talk about the plot stuff, did you want to talk about the Academy Awards and stuff now, or did you want to talk about them after? Uh, we'll talk about it at the end with the reception. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 
Anything else you want to mention before we start talking about the plot? Um, I mean, as far as like the production of the the film itself goes, like it, it was, uh, it was originally um, kind of a kind of a completely different movie. It was it was much more um, like sword and sandal, like classic, you know, classic uh, Roman epic. And not that this isn't. But Ridley Scott got a hold of it and decided he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to show people sitting around eating grapes and togas, you know, and all that other BS. He wanted uh, something as historically accurate as he could get. Um, granted, a lot of the stuff in here is not terribly historically accurate, but well, it, it, it's definitely it, it, far more accurate than previous movies. Well, because it, it, it has some things in this movie that are accurate, right? Like, it takes some of the characters and stuff like that are real people and kind of just... They're amalgams. Like, 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 Maximus is an amalgam of, like, four different people, essentially. But, um, like, Joaquin Phoenix's character was, like, an actual, like, emperor yeah. of Rome, right? Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix's character was. He wasn't, he wasn't like, <clears throat> historically, the way, like, the way he's portrayed in this movie is not historically what what that character did. Curse you, Tush. Why aren't you here when we need yeah. you? Well, in, um, well, historically, this particular, like Joaquin Phoenix's character, uh, did ascend the throne, but he ascended the throne while his father was alive, and they actually ruled together for a few years. And then his father passed away of, of natural causes. Um, he took over and was actually considered kind of a man of the people. He really did help develop Rome and, and and bring a lot of riches to it and and help sort of bring it up. Uh, he did also fight several times in the gladiatorial arena. Uh, he did, though, however, you know, weaken his opponents first by stabbing them in the back secretly. And, and so that part's true. Um, and eventually um, he kind of the, the town, the, the people grew tired of his sort of eccentric antics and eventually a. Uh, a wrestler by the name of Narcissus murdered him in his bathtub. But that wasn't until later on. He ruled for, you know, a half dozen to a dozen years. So he was around for quite a while. Gotcha. 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 Okay. So, uh, movie starts off. Hey, Tush, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Don't. Well, guess what? He doesn't listen. So he does. It's fine. It's fine. Um, okay. So this movie opens up with it's it's kind of a big opening crawl, just basically explaining like the Roman Empire and how big it was and and all the stuff like that. I'm not going to get into a history lesson. Watch the crawl. Uh, takes place in uh, 180 AD. Uh, we're introduced to the Emperor Marcus Aurelius. Uh, his army is attacking. Uh, they've they've been in this long, grueling campaign in Germania. Uh, and it's kind of like they're they're attacking the uh, the guys. <laughs> wait, wait, the guys, the Germanians? Yeah, I um, guess. I mean, I don't know what their actual. I don't know much about that part of it. Yeah. See, this is where we need the touch. This is where we need the uh, touch. Yes. But anyway, so they're attacking their like final stronghold there. Uh, Russell Crowe, uh, Maximus, he's the head general or the general of the army. Uh, we get a really cool, I really like that battle scene. I, I, I forgot how kind of like epic, like and huge this, this battle scene that opens up the movie is Yeah, with all like the flaming arrows and the catapults and the horses. And it's also very gory too. It's a very it bloody movie. Oh, that's one of the things. Uh, 
they didn't start using flaming arrows and flaming uh, artillery until hundreds of years later. This movie is officially ruined for me. <laughs> this was total bullshit. Total bullshit. Um, so they win the battle, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're introduced to Connie Nielsen and Joaquin Phoenix, as we talked about before. They're playing the Emperor's kids, and he has, like, summoned them to the battle, to the battle front or whatever. Uh, there's an after-battle party. I like how they throw in this little bit here after the battle when Joaquin Phoenix gets there where we see him, like, practicing with a sword and stuff. Yes! To plant the seed later on so you know that he knows how to fight. They're like, we don't want you to think that this is crazy that he's fighting. Right. So right. you see him practicing. Um, so uh, Marcus Aurelius the Emperor, he's dying. And he, like him and Maximus are really close. He wants to pass his power over to Maximus and then wants Maximus to basically hold the power until he can give it back to like the people. Basically have the Senate run Rome. And yeah. not have an emperor anymore. Yeah, essentially, Rome was originally run, you know, kind of like not a democracy, but there was a senate. There was, you know, kind of like kind of like what we have here in the U.S. with, um, with a figurehead and then a group of senators that are selected by the people to represent them in the government, um, and then eventually. With the expansion of the Roman Empire, an emperor took over and sort of led them through this sort of wartime, hundreds of years campaign, uh, emperor after emperor. And it was Marcus Aurelius's idea to return it back to the people to a Senate-run uh, government. So uh, it, it, he tells Joaquin Phoenix this, and Joaquin Phoenix is pissed because he doesn't think his dad loves me, loves him, and he wants the power. So he ends up killing his dad suffocating him, uh, making people think he died of natural causes in his sleep. He wants Russell Crowe to kind of like swear allegiance to him, you know, Mm -hmm. but Russell Crowe won't do it. Uh, So he's like, instead is like, hey, take him off and execute him. So they they take him off like wherever to execute him, but he ends up getting away in some cool scenes. I love when he throws that sword sword, like like end over end and it gets that guy. Um, So then he like, like, what are they? I I don't get like what, what um, Commodus's plan is like? What's he gonna like? The general just suddenly decided he like like what? So the general goes missing or gets killed. He's suddenly gonna decide that the general like was a was a traitor. Like, what's he gonna tell well, the people? Well, also question mark because after he escapes, uh, Maximus escapes. He like hauls ass home and to find that like. But why did uh, why did Joaquin Phoenix have his wife and daughter killed like wh- why i don't know i that's the part i really don't get. i think just because just for spite because it serves it serves purpose in the movie to give russell crowe like motivation but like in actuality it's like well if you killed russell crowe like he's already dead so what's the matter if you kill his wife and i think daughter? it's just spite because you know he 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 hated the fact that uh marcus aurelius thought of maximus more of a son than joaquin phoenix's character I also like in this movie how they keep calling him the Spaniard, and it's like Russell Crowe does not look Spanish to me at all. No, doesn't look Spanish. Doesn't sound Spanish. <laughs> um, so he goes home, uh, finds his wife and child murdered. They're like, you don't see it, but they're apparently like crucified. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, rolling it back. Speaking of the Spanish thing, uh, I was reading uh, some of the some of the trivia for this, and they said that initially uh, Russell Crowe wanted to model his accent after Antonio Banderas, <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and um, uh, Ridley Scott heard him and was like, "Oh no, let's not do that." 
<laughs> Which is funny, too, because, as I mentioned, Russell Crowe must like accents because he does kind of a weird voice in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm curious to see, hear how he does. Yeah, I, I'll be interested to get your take on his uh, accent because I was baffled by it. Anyways, back to the movie. So he finds his wife and son dead. He, he buries them and kind of lays down on the ground, seemingly at his burned down house, and then slavers show up there and grab him? Like, at his house? I guess. <laughs> because, yeah, he like he's like passes out or whatever at their grades and then he wakes up and he's been taken over by uh he's been taken by slavers um that's when we were introduced to Jaman Hansu uh he I didn't realize this I think like all these times I saw this movie I didn't realize um when he's like because he has the wound from when he escaped like a big gaping cut in his arm yeah uh, and he's like, oh, like he wakes up at first and Jamon Hansu's like, oh, let them do their work or whatever. I never even realized that he put like maggots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In like that big open wound. And then like when he wakes up again, he's like, oh, see, they worked. And then, like the wounds all like healed and or it's not healed, but it's, it's like, like he, he had it packed was, it. It was clean and he had packed it with like sawdust or something to keep it. Yeah. yeah. So then we get to um, Zucabar, which is like a Roman province. Uh, and that's when we're introduced to uh, Proximo. Um, he's mad because that guy sold him like two giraffes that don't mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants fighters. Uh, so he buys a bunch of slaves from the guys. Uh, and then they're kind of like training him. But like Russell Crowe won't fight. Like he's like they keep wanting him to like see his skills, but he won't fight. Uh, this is where I have another test. Russell Crowe is a Spaniard? Because <laughs> it's the first time they refer to him as a Spaniard in the movie, and you're like, uh, okay. Um, so they they, uh, they they basically are like, in my understanding of it, is like at this course in like Roman history, they had like stopped having like gladiatorial fights like in the capital. They had banned them from Rome or whatever. And now, but so now they kind of existed in the outliers. They were kind of like low rent, like house shows of like yeah. low rent wrestling things or whatever. You exactly. know, where they still have these like gladiator <laughs> fights to the death, but they weren't like legal per se. They were more like uh, underground ish, right? They weren't even they weren't even illegal. They were just like you could only do it in the outskirts of you know. It was like backyard wrestling or like. Uh, you know, back in the territory days of wrestling, when they'd have little shows pop up here and there, but there was no giant governing body for it. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. So they're waiting to go in for that first fight. That dude pees his pants. That's kind of gross. Um, they're, uh, so they have that first fight where he's, like, chained to Jaman, to Jaman Hansu, and, like, they win, and it's pretty sweet. Yep. Like, uh, they, they're, they're basically both supposed to be out there to just die because they're fighting these, like, big guys with all these good weapons and stuff, and Russell Crowe is just, like, so good that he basically takes all these guys out. Right. Um, and it's, like, everyone's very surprised that he won. Yeah, that's sort of the thing. Like, they, they expect – the reason why he bought these – uh, slaves was just as like cannon fodder for the other more highly touted uh, gladiators. And, and Russell Crowe, just by sheer force of will, leads all of these guys to victory after victory, essentially. Right. Uh, and while this is going on, we're also like, uh, we go back to uh, Jaman Han. <laughs> Sorry. I'm getting my characters confused. We go back to uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. 
uh, being introduced as the emperor, and basically no one's kind of really into him. No one really likes him. Doesn't seem like the people really like him. Doesn't seem like the senators really like him. Uh, the senators are kind of giving him shit in that first meeting, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, his idea to kind of like win back over the people is that he's going to reinstate uh, the games, the fights. They're going to have like 150 days of fights in the in the Coliseum to like commemorate his father and stuff like that and yeah. kind of basically win the people back. Because the, the senators are kind of threatening, not a coup, but they're, they're sort of threatening to withhold their support of him um, because he's not, he doesn't have any favor with the crowd. So if for whatever reason he, you know, f- fails as a leader or dies, the, 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 the the people aren't going to care. They're not going to rise up against him. So Commodus has to do something to get the crowd in his favor. And the, the easiest way to do that is to, you know, fool them with some uh, some flashy games. Now, do you know, and if you don't, that's fine. I could have looked into it too. But, like, the Coliseum, like, how do they recreate that or how do they make that for this movie? Is it, like, all digital or? It was a combination of uh, of a model, of a large model. But then they also... Uh, so so they so you know that pullback shot where they where they show kind of the Coliseum and the surrounding um yeah, a lot yeah. of those buildings that they showed are actual you know like classic Roman buildings but they weren't necessarily all built at the same time as the Coliseum were so that shot that they have there is not at all what Rome really looked like like those buildings were never all there at the same time um, so they'd sort of pieced it together with model work and then augmented it with CGI to add um, kind of the depth and breadth of the whole city. So uh, we don't do these anymore, but uh, pop quiz hot shot. Yeah. Do you remember uh, another movie we've done on the podcast that features a uh, main uh, action sequence in the Coliseum? Uh, yeah. Uh, is it uh, Double Team? <laughs> it Jacques Claude Van Damme? Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Mickey Rourke uh, yeah. are in the uh, Coliseum at the and end of that one. you know what? Tigers in both. Yeah, with Dennis Rodman. Remember how Dennis Rodman keeps making basketball references in that movie? And it's like, you're not playing Dennis Rodman. Why do you keep making basketball references? Anyways, that that's good. Go, back that and listen, go back and listen to that episode now. Go ahead. Go back if you haven't listened to Double Team. Okay. So uh, we got back to Russell Crowe. As you mentioned, he's becoming very popular in these low-rent fights. We see another one where uh, he wins by, like, cutting his finishing movie, like, cuts off that guy's head. I I love it. At that point, they're just, like, they've got, like, six or seven guys lined up. They've got a bunch of the other gladiators waiting behind Russell Crowe, and they're just standing there, and they just send Russell Crowe out there. (laughs) He's, like, uh, and he just kills them all instantly. Yeah, and I like how he's kind of pissed about it. He cuts off the guy's head. That's where he keeps yelling, like, are you not entertained? He, like, throws the sword into the crowd. Yeah. And, like, it's pretty funny. So uh, that's – we learned a, more, a little bit more about Proximo. We learned that, like we kind of talked about, that he was a gladiator. And then he, he ended – he won so many fights that he actually gained his freedom. And it was actually Marcus Aurelius that set him free, right? Because he has right. some kind of, like, uh, commemorative, like, wooden sword that they gave him when he got yeah. set free. Um, okay, back to Joaquin Phoenix. At this point, he wants to um, he wants to get rid of the Senate. Like that's kind of his whole like uh, his whole deal, right? Like he yeah, wants his to whole get rid end of- game is he wants it to be a true. 
he wants to be a true emperor and rule everything himself, make all the decisions and hold all the power. Right. And also at this time, I forgot to mention in the in the conversation where Proximo is kind of like, hey, good news, because uh, he explains like how he was able to go, g- gain his freedom. So Russell Crowe's kind of like, well, maybe I can go and get my freedom. Right. Like, well, what he said was what Proximo said was. Marcus really the, the emperor himself came down to. Oh, right, 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 right. Because so, he's like, okay, it'll give me a chance to get close to the emperor. Yeah, it'll give me a chance for him to get right, to get right up in his face so I can exact my revenge, is what, is what he's thinking. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. They make that clear in the way that kind of Russell Crowe is like the way he um, kind of reacts. Like when he's telling him that, the way he kind of reacts and stuff like yeah. that. So, oh, I, 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 don't know, I don't know why I didn't write that down, but you're right. That's exactly it. Okay. So uh, they get to Rome, they get to the Colosseum. Uh, before the fights, he has a talk with Connie Nielsen's son, whose name I am having trouble remembering right now. Do you remember what his name is? Uh, Lucius. Lucius, yes. L- Lucius, okay. So he talks with Lucius beforehand, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, like, uh, so the fights that they're having, they're all, like, I mean, doing air quotes. You can sure. see reenactments of, like, famous fights that the Roman military had or something like that? Yeah, they're reenactments of, you know, think of it like, you know, we're reenacting the Battle of Gettysburg, you know. But as a gladiator fight. But as a gladiator fight. That's essentially what it is. And they were having it, the idea was that the more heavily armed uh, gladiators that are on chariots and things are the Roman soldiers, and then Russell Crowe and his band of gladiators are the uh, Persians or whoever it is they were supposed to kill. They were supposed to die in the battle. They were like the mercenary horde or something. Yeah, the mercenary horde. Whoever was supposed to die, whoever actually died in the battle. Um, Right. And Russell Crowe puts on that, before the fight, he puts on that sweet helmet so people can't tell who he is. Right, right. uh, That covers his face. Um, So then they have a big fight. Like all the, the, the people they fight, they come out on chariots, and they're all like ladies, question mark? Um, they're, not, they're not all ladies, but there are a lot of Well, ladies. there's some ladies with, like, bow and arrows. Right. And it's, pre- it's a pretty sweet fight. They crash a lot of chariots. One lady gets cut in half. Yeah, sure does. Um, yeah, so they end up winning the fight. Uh, and, and then Joaquin Phoenix is like, hey, I want to meet this guy because he seems like a big deal. And that's when he goes down and, like, Russell Crowe doesn't – he's like – he asks him what his name is. He's like, my name is Gladiator. And he, like, he doesn't want to take off the mask. And then he makes him. And that's when he, he recognizes him. And he's like, oh, my name is – you know, Maximus, blah, blah, blah. And that's when he says that line about the father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered uh, wife, and yeah. he'll have his vengeance in this life or the next. Uh, okay. So uh, after that point, Connie Nielsen comes and talks with Russell Crowe. They, like, they never really fully explain it, but they have some kind of past history. Like, they were lovers at some point. Like, they were together, and they, they never really elaborate on it, except that they were kind of an item or something when they were younger. Yeah, I think the, the, the crux of it is um – Maximus was orphaned and was taken in by the family. Uh, and when they were kids, or not kids, but, you know, younger, that him and Connie Nielsen had a thing. And then, you know, Maximus went off to, ro- went off to war. She went off to go be, a, you know, a, a royal or whatever it is. And they just sort of went their separate ways. Maximus found his, his, his wife, had a kid. She went off, got married, had a kid to someone who was uh, friends with Russell Crowe uh, or, or Maximus' character, or Maximus. And um, they just sort of lived their own separate lives. And then her husband died. And now, you know, single mom, 
looking for some action. Shows you know, Russell Crowe shows up. He's freshly widowed. You know, it's like a sitcom waiting to happen, guys. Um, basically, she kind of like wants him to get rid of Joaquin Phoenix because she is. He's like, like we haven't really talked about Joaquin Phoenix in this movie, but he's like his performance is really good. I mean, yeah. he's. He's very unhinged and like it, it, it's it's kind of wild. But anyways, she's kind of framed by him and it's like wants him to basically team up with the senators and blah, 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 like get rid of him. And Russell Crowe's not into it, though. No. And, and the reason being is Connie Nielsen's older than Russell than than, than Joaquin Phoenix. So it, technically, when Lucius comes of age, he is in line to actually take over the throne. The only reason why. Commodus has the throne right now is because Lucius isn't old enough. Right. Um, and so Lucius is a threat to Commodus. Uh, she's worried that eventually he's just going to kill him. Right. Um, I, I like this point where I, they show him like they're all like in the whatever where the, the gladiators are hanging out. Just, you like that game they play with like the, with the Cobras in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the table? <laughs> We're going to do that, right? For your, for, uh, for just, for, yeah. just at some point. Yeah, whoever's next, whoever's birthday is next in our uh, friend group, we're gonna do I that. Think I think it's mine, oh. actually. <laughs> it is yours. Okay, yeah. for your birthday, I'm gonna get you a King Cobra, and we're gonna play that game. Sweet. Um, I, I I also my next note says like they don't at the Coliseum, and they don't have a T-shirt cannon, but they do bring out wagons of bread and throw those into the crowd. Yep. Um, so this is when he fights uh, Tigress of Gaul. That's the guy played by uh, Sven. Sven Oli Thorson. Yeah, and he's like apparently the only like undefeated champ ever in the Coliseum. Uh, so Russell Crowe has to fight him, and that's when the Tigers show up. Yeah, um, I, and that's crazy to me that like, I mean, obviously probably not when they were attacking him, but that they had real tigers there. Like, yeah, they had four real tigers, and uh, or was it five? They, they had at least four real tigers, and. They just instructed Russell Crowe to stay 15 feet away from him at all times, just to be safe. Um, yeah. And then they digitally added, and that's why I was, they did digital composites of the Tigers attacking Russell Crowe, and it looks seamless. Like, it looks really good, C- considering yeah, considering some of the movies we've seen in this time frame. <laughs> what did we just watch yeah. that was terrible? Um, not terrible, but Re- definitely not very Re- good. Resident Evil? Yeah, Resident Evil. Some of the, granted, the budget was a lot smaller. But yeah. um, but some of the some of the CGI in that was not did not hold up well. This CGI holds up really really well. That's true. Um, okay, so he beats the the guy, but he he doesn't kill him. Like uh, Joaquin Phoenix wants him to kill him, but he like won't do it. Uh, well, did you see the thing where they said that this movie got wrong, like the thumbs up and the yeah. thumbs down thing? <laughs> that like in the movie, like thumbs up is like good job or whatever and thumbs down is like kill him but like in actuality they said that thumbs up was like the kill him thing because it was like supposed to be like a sword but like thumbs down is like don't kill him or whatever because it was like sheathing of your sword yeah so yeah Uh, i thought that was kind of funny so he it's kind of funny because like the crowd wants him to kill him but and and so joaquin phoenix is like yeah thumbs down kill him but he won't do it and then the crowd immediately is like maximus maximus the merciful (laughs) like Uh they're so into him like the crowd is like just so behind him um, so, uh, Joaquin Phoenix comes out again and like, he's trying to like provoke Russell Crowe. So he like, he's talking shit about his family and like talking about, it's like, Oh, I heard your son squealed when they nailed him to the crucifix and all this like shitty stuff. 
Uh, but Russell Crowe doesn't like, take the babies. Man, like, Joaquin Phoenix is a straight-up classic wrestling heel. He's like, <laughs> he's such, such a dick. Like, if you watch AEW wrestling right now, and you watch Christian Cage, what he's doing, he's 100% Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. So after this, Russell Crowe agrees to meet with one of the senators uh, and, and kind of like the, the their plan is like, hey, you get me out of here. Because he, he 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 after that fight, he sees his like old assistant aide. I don't know what his name is. The guy yeah, with the scars like on his, his face. Uh, it's like his, um, you know, essentially like his servant uh, or whatever. Not even servant, like his squire almost. OK. I and he's kind of like. He's kind of like, hey, the army, your army's still at camp. Like, there, there's like a guy in charge, but if they know that you're alive, they're going to rally behind you. Hold so, on. Russell, how okay. long has this army just been sitting out there? Because it's been months. I got the, I got the, but I got the impression they don't explicitly say that is like they had moved, they weren't in Germania. They had moved on. They were attacking somewhere else. Like, they were doing something else. Like, you know. Oh, okay. I I, they don't re- they don't fully explain, but anyways, it, so like, the timeline Cro- of this movie is hard to tell. It's hard to figure out like how long things are taking. That's true. I'll agree with you on that. So Russell Crowe talks to the senator, and he's basically like, "Hey, you get me out of here. I'll go get my army. They'll follow me. We'll come. We'll take over Rome, and I'll kill Joaquin Phoenix." And the senator's like, "Oh, and then you'll take over." He's like, "No." He's like, "I'll." Hold the city until you guys are ready to take over, and then I'll leave, and the army will stay here and protect you. Like, because yeah. Russell has no interest in like no running the city or being in charge or anything like that. No, because at the beginning of the movie, uh, after the big battle in Germania, uh, uh, Emperor uh, uh, Aurelius asks him, um, well, "You know, what's your one wish? You the, anything I can give you? What do you want?" He says he just wants to go home and, and farm. And be with his family. That's all he wants. He just wants to go home, and right. uh, and, and and so that's essentially his motivation for all this is is to is to go home. So uh, so they concoct a plan, and they get they they kind of get like Proximo's a little like hesitant to help, like, but then he he kind of gets on board, but like. Joaquin Phoenix ends up, he has like people tailing the senators, and he kind of finds out about all this, and he basically makes some thinly veiled threats to uh connie nielsen's son so she has to like we don't see it but she like tells him everything that's going on yeah so like the plan to get russell crowe out of there kind of fails spectacularly uh he ends up getting uh getting caught proximo gets killed um and that one guy the guy i don't know his name but the guy that's like the big dude who's kind of like his buddy throughout the whole movie he gets killed in that scene too uh, yeah you know the, the big german guy the big German guy. Yeah. I like when, it, yeah, that uh, circling back when they're talking, uh, him and Jamon Hansu and that guy, the German guy are talking, and he's like, oh, you were a general. And he's like, oh, you did you fight a lot of battles? And he's like, yeah. He's like, any in Germania? And Russell Crowe's just like, ah, I fought a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, Joaquin Phoenix goes a- after he gets recaptured, and he's like, hey, I want to fight you in the arena. Uh, and Russell Crowe is like, oh, really? Sweet. You want to? But then, like, uh, that's when he, like, stabs him, like, in the side. Yeah, Joaquin stabs him. He stabs him in the back, pretty much, like, where the liver would be, and uh, but just high enough to where his armor is going to cover it. Right. So he gets out there, and he's he's in bad shape, and they're, they're kind of fighting, uh, and, and it's not going great for Russell Crowe, but then he kind of, like, he disarms. I love that bit where he disarms uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and the guy that was, like, 
kind of like he seemed like he was Russell Crowe's like second in command, but he kind of turned on him. Uh, I don't think he turned on him. What I think was he, he, he was too much of a, too much of a coward to kind of follow Russell Crowe into, you know, to, to kind of take, he thought Russell Crowe was dead. So he thought his best course of action was just to go along with the emperor and, you know, do what he's told and just make the, but make the best of a, of a shitty situation. Um, what, uh, what was his name though? I can't think of his name. Oh boy. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. really matter. I, I can't think of his name. His Quintus. name was Quintus. Quintus. Yeah, yeah. Quintus. So, so anyways, so Joaquin Phoenix loses his sword and he's like, he's like, Oh, give me your sword. And like Quintus won't give him his sword. And like all the guards are just around him. Like he Quintus is like, she's your swords. Like yeah, he won't let him give them a weapon. Quintus is the head of the Praetorian guard. So like the, he's essentially the head of like the, the secret service for the, for the Roman empire. Gotcha. So then, like, Russell Crowe just, like, beats the living shit out of Joaquin Phoenix. And it's very satisfying. Like, it's oh, very it's satisfying, satisfing to see, like, Joaquin Phoenix get the shit kicked out of him. And then he stabs him in the neck with a knife and kills him. And it's it's very rewarding. Like, you want to see, like, this is one of those movies where, like, oh, man, I hope something bad happens to yeah, Joaquin well, Phoenix. Not just that, but, like, Joaquin Phoenix has that, that dagger that he stabbed him, that he stabbed Russell Crowe with earlier. He's got it hidden up his sleeve. And yeah. so he pulls it out and he's getting ready to stab uh, uh, Maximus. Maximus with it, and Maximus just overpowers him, turns the yeah. dagger on him, and slowly drives it into his neck. Like it's, it's a very, very satisfying death. Right. So Russell Crowe's uh, at this point, he's kind of like, hey, he's like, release all the prisoners and blah 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 blah, and then he he ends up dying. Right. Like he doesn't. He succumbs yeah. to his wounds. Yeah. He basically, you know, tells. He says, you know. Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, um, there was a dream that was Rome, and uh, and he tells him about what what Marcus Aurelius, what his original plan was to return it to the senators, and um, and, and then he just sort of just drops. And yeah. then and what's great is in that scene, like you see Commodus is dead, like off in the corner, and Maximus is on the ground, and everyone comes and rushes around Maximus. And everyone's yeah. just like, eh, fuck that guy over there. Yeah, no one cares about it. Yeah, because even like even the even like the senators like, this is a this man's a general of Rome. Who will help me carry his body? And like everyone like shows up and like one of the last shots of the movie is like literally you can see everyone like carrying his body out and following and you're right, you can see like Joaquin Phoenix just like dead on the side and nobody cares. Yeah. Um but then the very last shot of the movie is Jaman Hansu and he Russell Crowe had these like figurines of like uh like his wife and son or I, I don't know they weren't yeah. specifically them but they were a lady and a kid and like he carried him around and blah 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 um so like the last scene is him like uh uh Jaman Hansu buries him like in the ground in the Coliseum and he like they had a conversation earlier in the movie where he's kind of like oh he's like you know do you think you'll see him again and he's like oh yeah and he's like but not yet and so like Russell, so jimon hansu's like i will see you again my friend he's like but not yet yep not yet wasn't there some talk for a while that that's what the sequel to this movie was going to be like jimon hansu stuff no it was going to be i mean they talked about that as a spinoff but the sequel was going to be um about lucius and well uh, well okay that that's the end of gladiator yes that's the end of gladiator that's the end of the movie. Well, two things. One, I heard that uh, the original sequel idea was written by Nick Cave, and it has. It was like it would have been. Yeah, like you didn't. You didn't hear any. of You didn't see this bit. No, I didn't. Like, 
Uh, okay, hold on here. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, uh, okay, Nick Cave, the Australian singer-songwriter, best known for his work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he penned a critical claim, uh, blah, blah, blah. Where's this at here? Um, Thrown the curveball of having to produce a continuation of a story whose main character was killed at its conclusion, Cave duly ventured into the realm of the supernatural. The writer uh, had Maximus coming face-to-face with a bevy of Roman gods, including Jupiter and Mars in the afterlife, who send him back to Earth to kill a god who has betrayed them, therefore starring in a series of time-traveling adventures. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that was, like, one of the things that was written. But like you said, now, supposedly, like, as of, like, this year, like, Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott's still alive, question mark? Yeah. Okay. Still wants to make a sequel, and like you said, it's supposedly going to focus on Connie Nielsen's son, like, would be the main character of it. Yes. Uh, yes, that that's kind of it. But <laughs> but uh, the the sequel, they were also, they were also talking about um, Lucius... Prior to that, too, prior to the whole Nick Cave thing, too, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this is the uh, as of let's see, as of April twenty twenty one. Let's see, yeah, as of April twenty twenty one, Chris Hemsworth and Russell Crowe were both uh, ha- had the intention of co producing the film, and that um, as of September twenty twenty one, Ridley Scott's the script was being worked on. Okay. And he intends to direct it, apparently. How old is Ridley Scott? Oh, he's got to be like middle to late 70s. Uh, it, it, I guess it doesn't matter. I don't know why. So he's, right now he's making a movie. Right now he's making Napoleon. And he oh. said after that, he was going to um, he was going to do the, the Gladiator sequel. Ridley Scott is... Uh, oh, no, I was way off. He's 84. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew he had to be old, but uh, so anyway, so we, we kind of talked about this a little. We, we teased it. So this movie goes on to win best picture. Russell Crowe wins, wins best actor. It also wins best costume design, best sound and best visual effects. And it's nominated, but doesn't win best director, best supporting actor, best original screenplay, best art direction, best cinematography, best film editing and best original score. Yeah, so it was nominated for like everything. Um, yeah, so it it's a huge winner. But kind of the talk, the kind of the talk for this is uh, Russell Crowe's previous film, The Insider. It was kind of thought he was a shoe in to win the Oscar. Like that was that was sort of the big talk, and then he didn't win the Oscar for best for best uh, best actor, and so they kind of like he, then he goes on to make this movie, and he's pretty fantastic in it. But I don't think he's quite as good in this as what they were saying he was in in The Insider, and so this felt like sort of a, you know, we'll give him yeah, the Oscar, it, but it's really for these two movies, not just. Well, like, yeah, the Academy Awards are, are known to do that a lot, where sure. they will give people awards for like their body of work and not necessarily for like what they're nominated. Sure, for. Like, I mean, like if you look at a movie, they did the same thing uh, a few years later with Return of the King. They gave Return of the King Best Picture, but in reality, it was Best Picture for all three of the movies. Right, and and I think even Russell Crowe was like, "Yeah, I don't." He's like, "I don't even know if he's like, I don't even know if this is my best performance. I don't know if I should have won." He was kind of mad that Ridley Scott didn't win Best Director for it. Yeah, yeah, he said that this is more of a this is more of a uh, the the accolades of this movie are more more uh, the director is more responsible for the accolades of this movie than his performance in it. Right. Um, 
Do you have any role reversals at all? Just just one. Initially, they were talking about um, having uh, um, Matt Damon as uh, no, not Matt Damon. They were talking about having uh, oh crap, I can't even remember now for Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix's character. Shoot, oh, I had um, it and lost it. I didn't get a chance to write it down. I was pretty busy. <laughs> I, I was running late, so I didn't write it down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Joaquin Phoenix was fantastic, and I can't think of another person who could possibly do a better job in him in this role. You know what's you know what's funny too is that I think I saw it in the notes. Yeah, it's um, I saw it in the notes, but then I never mark them because I'm like, oh, that's LPJs. I did say that they wanted uh, originally they cast Lou Ferrigno as uh, Tigress of Gaul, the guy that. Um, uh, Sven Olison yep. Yeah, it was one of those weird things too, where I saw a thing where it was like, "Oh, Rip- Ridley Scott was it? Oh, uh, Hugh Jackman Hugh was Jack- considered for the role. He was considered for the role of Maximus. Maximus yep, and Jude and- Law was considered for the role of uh, Commodus. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Oh, and, and uh, Antonio Banderas turned it down for for oh, Maximus. Shoot. Oh, because they wanted they were, gonna have, they were going to have an actual Spaniard. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, anything else that you want to bring up, or you think? We're in a position to, to rate this thing. Uh, no, I think we're good. Let's uh, let's rate this uh, MFR. Now I want you to know, Joe. When I hit the music here, it's actually going to play. I don't I don't edit in later. I actually I know. Thank well, thank you, uh, uh, the glitch for uh, pointing that out to me in the Discord. Yeah. All right, so uh, and I do I do know the glitch actually listens. So appreciate the support and letting me know. But again, I'm just a guest on the show. So how am I supposed to know these things? I don't know, but you know, you should know. You should know to be quiet now, so I get the music. Son of a bitch. All right, just like that, it's done. Uh, you want to go first, or second? I'll go first. Do it. Um, yeah, I still, I still really like this movie. Like, it still holds up. It's still a, still a great movie. Uh, even not watching it for like a decade and a half, it was still, I, I still really enjoyed it. I think the performances are good. Maybe not like groundbreaking performance that everyone's good in it. Joaquin Phoenix is a standout. He's such a dirtbag and he's so intense in this movie. It, it looks great. The battles are very uh, gory and realistic and, and all the fights. And like you said, like the, the, all the CGI and stuff in this is seamless and it holds up. Like it still looks really good. Like the Coliseum looks like they're in the Coliseum. Um, so I, I don't know. If this is a perfect movie. I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I can't give it five machine guns because I don't think it's perfect. But I'm going to give it four machine guns because I really do enjoy it, and I think I think it's a good movie. And if you if you haven't seen it, I would definitely say check it out. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think you're right about the acting. I think all the acting is very good. Uh, even the smaller parts, like Juman Hanzu, he's really good in it too. Um, even the the German is really good in it. Like everyone, yeah. everyone is very good in this film. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix is, God, it, like for as many times as I've seen this, he he still pisses me off. Like his character is still such a creepy slime ball. Like, oh, we didn't even get into how creepy he is with like oh, Connie Nielsen. He's so and he's gross. like he's like, oh, open your mouth. I want to put my fingers in there. And he basically is talking to her how he wants to make a True Blood air and yeah. stuff. Like it's he's real, real creepy. He's, oh God, he's so gross. And uh, and you're right. And, and Russell Crowe's good in it, but I. You know, you're right. This is not his best performance, but he's very good in it. Um, There's such a good, like, it's so rewatchable. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that it's, 
a lot of times we'll, on this show, we'll say, yeah, okay, I saw that movie. I'm happy I saw it. I don't think I'm going to go back and watch it again. This is not one of those. This is one is, I saw this movie. I liked it. I've seen it a million times. I'll probably see it a million more times because it's one of those ones you can always just watch and be entertained by. There's a, we, we are always entertained, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're never not entertained with this. Um, but you're right. It's not a perfect movie. Uh, I'm going to go, I'll also go four machine guns. Um, four and a half. I'll go four and a half. I'll go four and a half machine guns because it is so rewatchable and, there's not a lot of movies that I would sit and rewatch again. That's true. Uh, yeah. So this is definitely, like I said, I feel like a lot of people have seen this, but maybe not. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's a pro I mean, like, you know, we were 2000, so we were 20 ish when this came out. So maybe, I don't know what your age is listeners. Maybe you haven't seen it. I would go back and watch it though. It, totally. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. I don't, it used to be on TV quite a bit. And it used to be on TV quite a bit. I, I I don't know. I don't really have normal cable anymore, so I I don't know. Like I said, I know it's on Paramount Plus streaming. Yeah. Um. I don't I, ever I see it that, on anymore, though. I think this is a movie that you might, if you haven't seen, you might be like, uh, one best picture, and a lot of times, best picture winners are kind of like, uh, you might think of them as like a stuffy, you know, serious. Not that this isn't a serious movie, but it, I mean, it it has good action, and it's, I don't know, like I, I don't like. I don't know. Like, don't let that, don't count that against it that you think you might not like it because it's an Academy Award winner, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, this it's is definitely, of, it's definitely a movie for the people, not the critics. Right. It's kind of like a thing, and not in so much a way, but not that it won as many Oscars, but like Fury Road was nominated for a ton of shit. Oh, yeah. It just didn't win, which, you know, probably should have. But anyways, um, yeah, so... Uh, Anything you want to plug, LPJ? Yeah, you know, we should probably plug our Discord. Go to GameZillaMedia.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Scroll to the bottom of the page. So GameZilla Media. GameZilla Media, all one word, dot com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. And you can join our Discord. And you can chat with us. We get people popping into our Discord, you know, fresh-faced action lovers uh, all the time. And they yeah. pop in and they say, hey, I found your show. I really like it. And we say, great. Thanks for listening. How'd you find our show? And it's nice to hear like how people come across us uh, and, and what they've listened to so far. And, and we love it. So, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and it is uh, me and LPJ and I are pretty active. I would say in our channel, like if Generally. you, if you ask a question or say something, we're probably going to get back to you in the discord. Uh, Sphinx is on there quite a bit too. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I it definitely, if you listen to the podcast regularly and you haven't joined the discord yet, I would say do it today while you're listening. Cause that's where you can get, get involved. And it, it's a lot of fun on there. It is, especially because like you'll hear us mention something on the podcast that becomes something on discord. Like, uh, like we were talking about, uh, we did free Jack and we talked about getting bone jacked. Well, now mm-hmm. there's a, there's an icon. There's a, there's an emote. A, a, you just got bone jacked emote. You know, and that pops up all over the GameZilla Discord, uh, not just our channel. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, What else? Uh, Well, we're available Uh on all social media platforms. Yeah. Except TikTok. I don't do TikTok because, you know, it's videos and I I can't do that. (laughs) Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're all on those. Follow us. But like LPJ said, Discord is really where if you want to get really involved with us, that's where you want to join. And I should mention, um, we've talked about this a couple the last couple of episodes, but we are barreling toward episode 200 of the podcast. 
Um, I think yeah, this will be 196. Yes. So we are before the end of the summer, we will hit the milestone episode 200, which is pretty exciting for us. Um, and yeah, so we got that to look forward to, but we have some, we have some really good movies coming up in we between do. now and, and uh, we really and now in 200. So, um, yeah. So just uh, thanks for everyone for listening. And, and, you know, if you've been here from the beginning or this is your first episode, Hey, you know, yeah. you probably picked a good time to join because we're a little more polished now. Like it's more of a, like, I don't know, like, we're I, well I feel machine. Like, yeah, we're like, yeah. So, you know, but still go back and well, start listening to the episodes of Blade 2. That's when I formally joined the podcast as a co-host. You don't have to listen to anything before that. No, I'd say the most essential, most essential episodes, uh, uh, definitely spawn. That's <laughs> yeah, an essential episode. Invasion USA. You got to listen USA. to Invasion USA. Yep. That's one of my favorites of all time. That one's good. Um, oh, uh, Legend of the Drunken Master was really good, too. That was good, That's too. Good and just, just recently, what was one that we did recently? Oh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop Beverly 3. Beverly Hills Cop 3 was real good. Although it was a terrible movie. Like, that was a fun episode. That was so a fun episode. Basically, basically, look, if you see how many guests are on the episode, and if it looks like a lot, then it's probably going to go off the rails. Yeah, well, that's the problem. I don't put the names of the guests in the in the. In the oh, all right. Well, then so, you just get. Yeah, you'll just have to look, listen. I don't put the names of the guests or how many guests we have in the descriptions anymore. Oh, well. uh, just because there's, it's just easier to not do that. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. But, but anyways, yeah. So uh, yeah, episode two hundred. Stay tuned. I mean, in a couple of weeks, it'll be coming out. So yep. I don't know what the I don't know what the release date on that is, but it's pretty soon, like you said. So August, um, uh, it's coming up, and and I'm not going to tell you what movie it is, but I will say this. It's a classic action movie that we haven't covered yet from probably the biggest action star of the <laughs> 80s and 90s. And we haven't covered it yet. So we've covered a lot. We've covered a lot of action movies of this particular action star. <laughs> well, but not don't say one. that because everyone's going to think it's Jean-Claude Van Damme because we've done so many of his movies. Listen, we know. we got to let him guess. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, all right. But yeah. I, I think I think we did it. I think we got Gladiator in the bucket. In the bucket? In the can? In the can? Ah, shit. Sure. Shit. I don't know. It doesn't matter. This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs> I was going for is something different. I, I don't know. I was, I was going for something different. I don't know.